Hal Lambert has a long track record of investment experience, having spent 15 years managing portfolios at Credit Suisse and J.P. Morgan. Hal was a director at Credit Suisse, advising and managing client assets in excess of a billion dollars. And he headed discretionary portfolio management for the Southwest and Western regions of the United States for J.P. Morgan. In addition to 15 years with these two global powerhouse firms, Howe was a credit analyst for the Texas-based Bass family in convertible barn arbitrage. He holds the Chartered Financial Analyst designation and is a member of the CFA Institute. He's been active in Republican politics for over a decade, using his experience in investing in politics to create the MAGA ETF and the Politically Responsible Investing Strategy. He worked as a national finance chair for presidential campaigns in 2012 and 2016. He was the finance chair for the Texas GOP. He has raised money for numerous U.S. Senate campaigns as well as candidates in his home state of Texas. He has a BBA in finance from the University of Texas, Austin, and an MBA from Georgetown. And he frequently appears on CNBC, Fox Business, etc. to discuss global markets, Federal Reserve policy, and the economy. And he and I recently met with Dr. Ben Carson. Hal, welcome to the Economic War Room. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. We've got so much to talk about. We can talk politics, we can talk economics, we can talk investing, but let's start with the economy because how did we go from a booming, low-inflation economy to a high-inflation bust economy? <laughs> One word, uh, policy. Uh, the policy of this administration has caused what we're creating today. I mean. Uh, energy is the number one driver of what's happening with inflation. It affects food prices, it affects obviously our gas prices at the pump, it affects everything we do in our lives. And when you shut down uh, drilling, and when you shut down pipelines, and when you put the word out that you don't want uh, you know, oil and gas in this country, um, you're going to have what you have today, which is high energy prices, which drive inflation. The Fed's raising rates, and honestly, the Fed is not, you know, higher interest rates are not going to solve this problem. Uh, they're, they're trying to solve it with higher interest rates, but all they're going to do is cre create a situation where they're basically saying, look, we're going we're to crush demand for energy, which means they're going to crush the economy to get inflation under control. And it's so simple. If we would simply create more oil and gas in this country, inflation would come down, food prices would come down, and, uh, and we'd be all a lot better off. I mean, this is hurting the very people that Biden says he's trying to help. Well, it is. You know, you stop and think about that. With interest rates going up and you're not able to afford gas prices, you put them on your credit card and you're double paying extra higher interest rates and higher oil prices. But my question is, you say policy. Is it on purpose? Is it just because they don't understand economics? Is it because the Biden team purposely wants higher prices? They want to ruin American energy? Why are they doing that? I know they telegraphed it. They signaled they were going to do it, and then now they're doing it. But why? Absolutely on purpose. Uh, in fact, it was, you know, during the campaign when, when, when Trump lost the election, I told these guys, uh, that a lot of the oil and gas guys that supported Trump, I said, look, you're going to make more money than ever under Biden. Uh, because the Biden-Obama, and we go back to Obama, their policy was to have as high oil and gas prices as possible because it makes the green energy uh, program look better. So when you're subsidizing all of the green energy initiatives, you need to have high oil and gas prices to try to transition people to green energy. Of course, we don't have enough. I mean, when you, when you talk about really green energy, when you're talking about electric vehicles, I mean, those things are driven off of the grid, which is powered by natural gas. Or, you know, it's, it's all oil and gas at the end of the day. And all it does is actually put us more reliant 
on China. China produces 85% of what goes into an electric vehicle. And so we're going to be stuck with China uh, as, as our as someone that we have to rely on versus, you know, Saudi Arabia, which we could drill ourselves and not be relying on anybody. Again, is this on purpose? Are they favoring China? You see the Hunter Biden laptop. Do you wonder, uh, are the, the, the solar energy companies, the rare earth minerals, and all the things that China profits from, even when putting up windmills, China benefits from that. Is that on purpose to benefit China? Is it on purpose to destroy America? Is it on purpose to rush us into a green energy uh, Community? What, what's the I think it's on purpose to rush us into a green energy deal. I think, I think that the environmental extremists control this government, and they are pushing this. You know, look at John Kerry. John Kerry is, you know, the environmental guru for the Biden administration, and, you know, he flies around on his private jets and tells us all that we all ought to live, you know, with low carbon and, and everything else. So, no, it's on purpose, but it's all about a green agenda. I don't think it's necessarily thinking, oh, we're going to benefit China, although they know that will happen, uh, but it's all about green energy. You know, when, I, when you mentioned this, all right, so you drive up oil and gas prices. You know it's hurting low-income people. And the next answer in California, well, we will give you money. Yeah. To help pay. So that is also wealth transfer. It's another progressive agenda item is, is to take from the rich and give to the poor. Um, but a lot of this is driven by ESG, isn't it? A, a lot of it's driven by ESG and, you know, environmental social governance, uh, which is really, uh, you know, if you if you really look into it, which I have, uh, it, it's a Marxist uh, ideology. Um, it's driven by the United Nations. They've pushed it out globally. It was started in San Francisco in the early 1990s. They've been pushing this for decades. They've finally gotten traction. And now we have all these woke corporations and BlackRock and other companies that are managing money that are pushing, pushing ESG. Uh, and, and it's really uh, not for returns. It's all about woke capitalism. And it's constricting capital to the energy industry. It's hard Absolutely. to get money to drill or to produce a pipeline or to transport energy, right? Well, and you're seeing uh, uh, governments push back. Texas is pushing back. Other states have pushed back and said, look, if you're going to cut off energy funding, J.P. Morgan, Bank America, and these big giant banks, if you're not going to fund energy, we're not going to do business with you. And so that's starting to happen, which is a really good thing. And I've pushed that myself. Alaska is going to do it. There's a, billions and billions of dollars of assets of, of state governments that need to be saying, look, if you're not going to fund our major industries, we're not going to work with you. Yeah, well, it sounds like economic warfare yes. happening in our country. It's not just economic warfare between China and the United States or Russia or other countries. It's inside our own borders we're seeing an economic war. We, we are. And, and look, everybody should be involved in this. You know, if you are uh, investing, if you are uh, uh, looking at what you're, how you're going to spend your dollars, you need to spend them with companies that are, have your values, quite frankly. I mean, we're at that point uh, where, you know, we can't move past uh, these corporations that are coming out and attacking our values and attacking us. Disney's a perfect example. Ron DeSantis has done a great job in Florida saying, look, we're not going to put up with this from Disney. No, that's great. Well, we're going to have to take a break. When we come back, let's keep this discussion rolling and let's merge into politics. Okay.
Okay, Hal, you've got the economics background, no doubt. You've got the political background also. Let's talk politics. What is going on in this nation? Well, what we have are um, extremists in the Democrat Party, quite frankly. Everyone's like, well, you know, we need to work together. I'd love to work together, but, but they're not there. They're not even on the same, we're, in the, we're not even in the same country anymore um, with, with the Democrats. And as a perfect example, not to get into, you know, abortion, but, you know, they voted, every single Democrat voted to have abortion up until birth. Okay, that is an extremist position. No one even does that in Europe. That's not anywhere in the world. And they all voted lockstep for that. So you can't tell me that anybody on that side of the aisle is a moderate. They're simply not. Well, you know, they've labeled, though, on the other hand, President Biden gets up and says, if you're a MAGA Republican, which is 74 million voters who voted for President Trump, you're the extremist. You've got a MAGA ETF. Yeah, no, I know. Um, it, look, he, he ran saying he was going to bring the country together. All he's done is try to divide, divide, divide. And, and, and you saw it in his speech that he gave uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, and it's, um, it, it's really disappointing. Um, he's being controlled by people. Obviously, we all know this. You know, these speeches that he gives are not, he's not writing them. Uh, somebody else is writing them. He's barely able to speak and put them out. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I, I started the MAGA ETF. Uh, you know, uh, in se September of se 2017, so it's been five years ago uh, that I started that, um, but it was a pushback against what's happening in, in the political realm right now. Yeah, well, what, what caused you to do it? What, what was the trigger you say, I've got to get investments that align with values? Yeah, you know, um, I've managed money for a long time, as you, as you said in the opening, uh, over 25 years, actually. Um, and I was sitting at my desk one day, and uh, it came up on, on CNBC or Fox Business that Target was going to open up their restrooms and, and, and uh, dressing rooms to whatever sex you, you said you were. So if you were a, a man, you could go into the female dressing rooms. And I was like, wow, that's going to be really bad for the stock. And I own Target and some of the portfolios I was reading. I sold, them, I sold Target that morning, and Target proceeded to decline about you know, 40% after that mm -hmm. over the next six months. And, uh, but also there were a lot of protests that happened around that, surprisingly, right. but there were um, uh, protests. And I was like, these people are protesting Target and they're saying they're not gonna shop at Target, but they probably own, them, own Target in their mutual funds. They probably own it in their, in their indirectly. They don't even realize yeah, they're protesting whatever, yeah, sure. what, what, what they're actually, uh, they're, they're investing in. And I was like, there's gotta be a way to invest uh, with people that want to invest based on their, on their political ideology. And, uh, and that led me to start looking at this. And I realized, look, um, the way, you know, all these corporations say all these left-leaning things. They publicly say this stuff. But what are they really doing behind the scenes? What are they spending their money on? And that's what I followed was where are they putting their money? Where's their PAC dollars going? Where are their employees putting their money? And I created an, an ETF around that. Yeah. Uh, and people can invest in companies that are supporting Republican federal candidates for office. Uh, and also, I've, I've added where um, ha at least 50% of their assets have to be in the United States. So it's an it's America first approach uh, and, and putting uh, where are their politics, where are they investing money? Because money matters in politics. Unfortunately, yeah. it does. And, and, and if you have enough money, you can win an election. And therefore, if, if companies are publicly supporting these, these groups or different candidates, you know, that's where I wanted people to be able to invest. Well, and, and what you've done, you're a pioneer. You've done the opposite of what BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard have done. They've taken the money of good Americans that, that, don't, that really don't want this wokeness 
and they're voting the proxies, yep. and they are uh, investing the dollars that from, that they earn as management into things that really oppose our values. But what's going on politically right now? What 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 do you see in you? Know, we've got an election coming up. What do you see is happening? Well, look, I, I think it's it's almost a certainty we're going to take the House back. The question is, will we take the Senate? I, I think we will. I, I don't believe a lot of what's you know being put out there is. Oh, well, you know, we heard for a long time. Oh, Herschel Walker's in trouble in yeah. in Georgia, and you know we're losing Arizona, and we're going to lose Wisconsin. I, I don't think that's right. The I mean, polls seem really skewed. They to seemed me. well. Look, I, I, I've been involved in politics a lot. You can have a poll say anything you want it to say, okay? And so when you see these polls come out, and most of them are run by left wing corporations, CBS or whatever they are, they're they're running these polls, and they're, and people think they're doing it to uh, to skew people's you know, voting preference. I don't think that's really it. It's about money. So if you can put out a poll that shows that so-and-so is beating the Republican candidate, that candidate then can raise money nationally. And so it's all about getting money into their coffers prior to the election. So they put out and say, oh, this person's going to win. This person's going to win. This person's going to win. Give them money, give them money, give them money. And that's what it's about. Well, I don't even answer polls. I I (laughs) see it's a pollster. I don't care if it's a Republican or a Democrat pollster. I I just don't want to talk on the phone about who I'm voting for. I don't think that's any of their business. I think a lot of Americans have given up. And I I think they choose their samplings. Yes. We're going to get, there'll be a higher Democrat portion or higher independent portion or whatever, like you said, to get what they want. And what they want really is the poll that, that they can sell for the candidate to raise the most money. That's exactly what it is. And look, it's all about, you, you can tweak the poll. You do the poll, and then you go, okay, well, what's going to be the turnout? We predict it's going to be 40% Democrat and 35% Republican. And so they can, they can tweak that and go, oh, well, that's what our sample should be. And then the poll spits out whatever it spits out. So th- that's the way they control it is what they think the turnout's going to be. Well, let's hope that you're right that there is a turnover in the government and we don't see all Democrat control across the board. I mean, it's, it's almost narrowly split between Democrat and Republican now. But it, Republicans take control of the House and the Senate. What happens? Uh, we get a stalemate and then we go into, uh, you know, 2024 with uh, who's going to be the next president. I don't see, you know, Mitch McConnell will be, you know, in heading the Senate again if, he, if we take the Senate. Um, you know, I, w- I think we'll see some hearings in the House, um, you know, where we have, they may target, you know, Hunter Biden and some of, this, some of that. But realistically, I, I don't think they're going to do a lot. I, I think, um, you know, they're going to sit back and go, we want to take 2024 and get the, get the presidency. Uh, unfortunately, I, I just don't see them doing Do a lot. you think that they can at least stop the intelligence community from doing these raids on Republicans, grabbing their phones and doing all of these crazy things that, that, that are taking place? Do you think at least the Congress can start investigating that? Because it seems like the FBI has been highly politicized. Yeah, I mean, they're going to do hearings. You know, they're going to do those hearings. Um, does it really scare the FBI? I don't know that it does. You know, Power of the purse string? <laughs> I mean, Can they use that? Well, I, hey, how about the border? You know, I mean, to me, I would say, look, let's shut down all funding until we control the border. Because this isn't immigration. This isn't an invasion. We are being invaded on the southern border. With drugs. With, with drugs. Crime, with, with everything. Yes. And, and nothing's being done about it. And if I were in Congress, if I were there, I would say I'm not funding anything until we get control of that. I mean, that should be item number one that should happen. No, I agree with you. Sorry, we're going to take another break. When we come back, let's talk investing. So, you know, how do I as an investor respond to this crazy political and crazy economic environment? We'll be back after the break. Perfect. 
Okay, Hal, I'm gonna put you on the spot. We know where the economy is. We have a good idea where the political environment may head. Uh, Neil Cavuto recently commented how uncannily right you have been on all of these issues. W what are your thoughts? What should investors be doing uh, to deal with this difficult environment? Well, it, it depends on who the investor is. Are they young? Are they old? Of course. What is their situation? But I would say this, look, I think we're headed lower in the markets. Uh, you know, I would not be in Europe. I would not be internationally investing. Uh, Europe is going to have major, major energy problems this winter. Uh, you know, Russia is going to shut off their gas pipelines. Food problems too. Food problems. I mean, it's it's a mess. And so, I, you know, I think uh, I think we're headed for some some lower uh, markets here in, in, over the next uh, six months. Um, but it's very difficult to time. So, you know, if you're in the market, um, you know, I would I would be lighter than you would normally be invested as far as equities go. Um, and, and, and also I would be in things that are going to be, you know, I would be in defense companies, I would be in oil and gas companies, things like that. I would not be in um, highly cyclical, you know, technology se se sector companies right now. And, and if you look at that, where do you go then? Because we've had this everything bubble and bond prices, we've seen rising interest rates, and you think the Fed may continue to raise rates. Uh, you see hard assets, and, and those that aren't doing well with the strong dollar. Do you think the dollar stays strong? What, what do you think about other places where you keep your money? You just put it in cash. Yeah, I mean, well, look, you can earn about 3.5% now um, in cash. So you lose less to inflation. You lose less to inflation. I mean, that's the biggest problem, right? We're over 8% inflation. So everybody's wages are getting hurt. You know, if you got a 5% pay raise, you're actually making less money, yeah. you know, um, which is really crazy if you think about it. Um, again, driven by the policies of this administration. Completely. Uh, uh, completely avoidable. Completely, all of this is avoidable. This is not some sort of, oh, well, we have, you know, uh, you know, uh, just difficulty importing things from China. No, that's not what this is. This is energy-related, policy-related. So you would take the guaranteed returns of cash-style investments, uh, short-term treasuries, things like that, uh, over, over you, you didn't say no stocks, but you would, you would look at those more favorably than you otherwise would because interest rates have come up, number one, and the market uh, looks weaker to you going forward. Any other thoughts? Yeah, look, I think I think we've got another I think we've got another 10% downside in the market. So, um, if you're trying to market time, it's really really difficult, but if we got closer to, you know, 3500 on the S&P, um, I think that would be a, a level to potentially start buying into the market. That's a potential fair value in this economy. I think it's a potential fair value. I mean, yeah. So it could go lower. It could go lower. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of sixteen times earnings, you know, which is not cheap. But uh, I, I think that's a, a more reasonable level to get in uh, in the market right now. So, what do you think on the earnings outlook? You think that with the economy as it is, are corporations able to still um, make good profits? Well, you know, it's interesting. You know, <laughs> if you have 10% profit growth and you have 8% inflation, uh, do you really have 10% profit growth, right? No, of I mean, not, right. So, 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 yeah, we're going to have profit growth. I mean, we're going to see that, but it's eaten away by inflation. It's just, it's just uh, funny money, basically. Uh, so I think I think earnings are going to be okay, um, but it's all about well, what's the valuation of those earnings? How do you value that in an inflationary environment? Um, but again, that makes it tough because then you're talking about you know cash uh, where you're guaranteed to lose money, right? Um, but potentially lose less money. 
Um, so to me, you know, I think, again, oil's come down here. Yeah. Uh, I think it's only because uh, Biden's been releasing the Strategic Petroleum Reserves up until November. After November, uh, I think that goes away. Yeah. And, uh, and I think the Saudis cut. I think the Saudis start to cut production. They've already announced a slight cut. I called this on Fox Business three months ago that I thought the Saudis were more likely to cut production rather than, yes, you than did. increase. And, uh, and I think they're going to do more of it. Why wouldn't they? If they cut production by 10%, do you think prices are going to go up more than 10%? I think so. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So they'll make more money by cutting production. Because at the margin, you cut 10%. That could be a massive a increase. Massive in increase. And that's going to hurt all of us. We could go into stagflation with that. And they hate Biden. Biden's bad mouth the Saudis. No, he's pro-Iran. They're mortal yeah. enemies, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just a disaster all across the board politically. And so if you're the Saudis, you'd be like, well, I don't even like Biden. I'm going to raise, I'm going to cut price, uh, cut production and raise prices. Yeah, and you look at that internationally. I mean, for all that was said about President Trump, we, we got the Abraham Accords. We, we got, we put Iran back in a, in a rightful place because they're the world's number one sponsor, state sponsor of terrorism. We treated the Saudis better and we had good energy environment. And actually, we, we defunded the Saudis and the Russians both with lower oil prices from higher domestic production. It seems like he's reversed all of these positive um, policies. Uh, he's reversed everything Trump did. Across the board, including and, and look, the stock market now. The stock market, the border, internationally, oil prices, everything. And of course, it's it's been a disaster for our country. Uh, it's been a disaster globally. And uh, I mean, I don't think honestly, I don't think we would have had the Ukraine invasion of Russia if we hadn't done what we did uh, in Afghanistan. If we hadn't had that horrible withdrawal from Afghanistan that was totally humiliating. That, I think that gave Putin the, the desire to, hey, I'm going to do this now because they're not going to do anything about it. Now, we are trying to do something about it, but it's still a disaster you know, from a global perspective. It's been a disaster. It's, like you mentioned, it's going to cause people to freeze and starve in Europe this winter because of those policies. A exactly. It's going to, I mean, we are going to have, they're looking at, we think we have high inflation here. Europe is out of control with their gas prices. And yet President Trump warned them, don't depend on Russia. And they, <laughs> they laughed at him. They laughed at him at the UN. The German delegates at the UN were caught on camera laughing at President Trump when he said that. And here we are today. 100% right. And then China, we're looking at China and, and they are eyeing Taiwan. They've gotten more aggressive across the board. Their economy is in deep trouble. Yes. But you should fear a wounded dragon more, more than a, a satisfied dragon. Well, and, and President Xi is about to become Emperor Xi, uh, where he will never be replaced and have con complete control over the country. Uh, and that's not a good thing. I mean, the, the guy is... Um, clearly has uh, aspirations to dominate globally uh, and their number one per group, the number one country they want to go against the United States. Okay, so if people want to get the brilliance that you've shared, understanding <laughs> the economics, the politics, where can they go to learn more about the MAGA ETF? Well, so my, my company is called Point Bridge Capital. Uh, the, the MAGA ETF is publicly traded. You can, if you have a Schwab account or TD Ameritrade, you can buy it there, ticker is MAGA. Um, and, and then there's a website called investpolitically.com that has all the information on the, on the, on the ETF. Uh, and, and you can easily reach me. I mean, Point Bridge Capital, I mean, my number's out there, so it's easy to reach me. Well, I appreciate it. And, and you are the opposite of ESG. I am the opposite of ESG. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, again, I was, I think I was pretty early on this. I've now had this fund five years. Uh, there's some new kind of groups out there trying to do this, but uh, no, ESG is, is, is a major problem. Uh, and people really need to look at what they're doing investment wise because your money matters and where you're investing, you can't just say, I'm not going to shop at a store if you're going to invest in those companies as well. Oh, well, thank you so much, Hal, for what you're doing for our country and for your investors. All right, if you want to learn more about Hal Lambert and investing you know, politically, you can learn more at economicwarroom.com where you can download our free economic battle plan for this episode. Hal is a phenomenal individual, good friend. We're grateful to have him here. Remember, what we see as a marketplace, our enemies view as a battle space. This is Kevin Freeman from the Economic War Room.